What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Missing Persons. everybody to speaking of missing persons and welcome to all of you new listeners as well before we get started on today's episode a little bit of business we have two other shows speaking of murders and speaking of hauntings make sure you're checking those out if you like this you'll probably like those so make sure you do Um, if you want to see photos associated with today's episode check out our socials instagram.com slash missing murdered haunted you can find a link for that in our episode description or our show description uh we have a patreon where we're posting bonus episodes every other week so make sure you're going there and getting subscribed to that that's patreon.com slash missing murdered haunted that's also linked in the episode and show description and while you're out there doing stuff on the interwebs Leave us a five-star rating, leave a review, share the episode or the show with your friends, your family, co-workers, whoever you want. Um, just don't talk to strangers, or you could end up being an episode. Um, and if you have an episode you want to hear, or a case that you want to hear on the show, send that to our email, missingmurderedhaunted at gmail.com. All of that said, Shauna, tell us about some missing people. Okie dokie. All right. Today we are going to talk about a woman named Bethany Decker. So I have only found this case on one TV show and one podcast, one other podcast. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it needs to be revamped and retalked about. Okay, I'm guessing it's been a while since it's been On the about. other podcast, it was released in 2019, so it's been years. Oh, wow. Okay. Bethany Decker was born May 13th, 1989 in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Bethany attended George Mason University in Fairfax. She was described as super smart without even having to try. I wish I was described like that. Right. <laughs> um, her friends pretty much said that she could do whatever the... F- fucking hell she wanted and then the night before get her shit done and get solid A's. Dang. I mean, I might have that capability. I do not. I just test well. That's it. I was ter- I never did homework, so I always had terrible grades, but as soon as they put a test in front of me, 100% every time. I was good like that too. I could test better than I... Homework was boring. I did my homework and Samantha's homework. A lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no comment. It's pretty much I like... I mean, you did my homework some of the time. You didn't do all of my homework because you were already... I was done with school, Bob. Just saying. Like I you did had a lot of your homework when you were a junior and senior. Because fuck that shit. I didn't want to do it no more. That and me and Sharon would exchange homework and notes and tests and all that stuff. We made sure to take all the same classes all the time. Uh, she was also working a full-time job while attending the university. 
While in college, Bethany met a boy named Emil Decker who worked uh, for Army National Guard. After three years, Bethany became pregnant with Emil's baby. In 2009, the couple got married, and then six months later, their son, Kai, was born. Bethany was 20 years old, married, and a new mother, so this brought nothing but stress to her life. Not long after Kai was born, Emil was told he was going to go to Camp Atterbury in Indiana for, like, training, and then was getting deployed to Afghanistan. Bethany, at this point, was still working a full-time job at a place called Centryville Italian Restaurant and attending classes, like, right before he left for boot camp in Camp Atterbury, which that place has, like, a really weird story. Is it haunted? Uh, It might be. It was basically, there used to be an insane asylum there, and the government was like, oh, well, that's kind of fucked up that these people are forced to basically live in a prison just because they're criminally insane. So then they made a town, basically. It was like a a camp for criminally insane people. And then one day they're like, ah, that's still inhumane and just cleared it out. And so it's basically this very abandoned town that the army uses for training. Interesting. While at work... Bethany met a man named Ronald Rowland. Ronald Rowland. Yeah. It's hard to say fast. It is. Mm-hmm. He also worked at this restaurant. The two soon started to exchange flirty text messages back and forth. And before Emil left, he had actually found these text messages. Like before he had left for Camp Atterbury. And... Basically, Bethany was like, oh, it, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. Everything's good. And all this other bullshit. And Emil bought, like, bought into it. Even though she's technically cheating. She's just like, kind of. It's, it's flirty. She's flirting. Yeah, she's flirting. But at the same time, she's telling him not to worry and all this other stuff. She does tell him that she thinks that they rushed into the marriage and having a child. And that she was kind of unhappy about all of those things going on in her life. The couple had um, talked about, like, had talked about everything, and when Emil left, he thought everything was fine. So he went away to boot camp thinking their relationship was fine. Yeah, because they had had a long, serious talk about why she was unhappy and all this other stuff, and she reassured him that there was nothing going on between her and Ronald. And he, he sounds like a very nice man. I'm not going to lie, Emil. Bethany then decided that she was going to, like, after he left, she was going to move into her own apartment in Ashburn because it was closer to her job. So her and Emil have a house together where they stay with their son. But now she's like, oh, well, that's too far away. I'm going to live on my own in an apartment. With their kid? Uh, actually, no. She had decided at this point that it'd be better for Kai if she left him with her mother because she was working and all. And so it was basically like she just gave herself visitation rights whenever she wanted. So everything's fine and hunky-dory and this relationship is good, but I'm going to run off and have my own life? Yeah. Okay. But she waited until until Emil had left right. to do this stuff. 
so she was still calling him every day and they were talking like texting and all of that stuff so Emil even though this was happening at home he had no idea it so he didn't even know she left that she moved into her own apartment yeah until like everything was good until she just randomly stopped talking to him Emil still called just hoping she would pick up after calling and calling and calling Bethany finally picked up she immediately said to him I don't love you do not talk to me anymore and in the background you could hear a man yelling telling him like basically to fuck off and to leave her alone that's his wife right yeah and then the call dropped and I'm air quoting she hung up that's how it is hmm so now Emil is off and he just got his, he just heard his wife tell him that she didn't want to be with him anymore. And then in October 2010, he gets deployed to Afghanistan. So he still has absolutely no idea what's happening at his, like, at home with his family. Poor guy. Yeah, no, I was going to say, that has to fucking suck. He's already under high stress. Like, mm-hmm. that is so shitty. So. At some point before his deployment, or even the fact that he had left for boot camp, they had, it doesn't say when, but that's how it's believed, because they had planned a trip to Hawaii together for just the two of them, Bethany and Emil. Mm -hmm. And Emil had taken a month leave in January, so January 17th, 2011. He returned home to Bethany and Kai and was so excited to see them. But... When he was met at the airport by Bethany, he got hit with a very hard truth immediately. Bethany was pregnant. Oh, shit. Ruh-roh. She had told him that she had cheated on him with Ronald, and that she was pregnant with his baby, and Emil was so just so relieved to be home and to be out of the war zone and all the stuff that he had seen, he just wanted his wife and his kid, and he didn't give a crap, and he literally told her that. That he just wanted to be happy with her, and that he was happy to be home, and that he would take her back if she would have him. So he genuinely loved her. He loved her more than anything. And with that being said, she agreed to still take that trip to Hawaii with him. So they That's were- surprising. Yeah. Especially if she's pregnant with someone else's baby. Yeah. Right. This is this. It's a it's a hard story because it's almost like she stays torn the entire time between Emil and Ronald. So her and Emil get on a plane and they end up going to Hawaii for two weeks to basically try to reconcile the marriage between the two of them. And when like Emil said it was a good trip and they spent a lot of time together and everything and then they got back bethany at this point still couldn't decide between her husband and boyfriend emil had told her he was willing to work it out if she wanted that and she he was giving her all the space in the world to make a decision between the two of them which right there should have been your decision like yeah i know that's deciding factor you're pregnant with another man's baby and your husband is still willing to to be with you. I was going to say the level of love uh, and commitment. Well, yeah, forgiveness and uh understanding is insane. 
January 28th, Bethany went to her grandma's house to spend time with her for the day. But the whole time Bethany was there, her grandma could tell something wasn't okay with her. Her grandma told her to stop thinking about everyone else and to just focus on herself and then everything would just fall into place. Even after that, her grandma said she was still extremely stressed, distracted, and seemed frightened. Emil showed up at her grandma's house just to spend time with her and to have dinner, and then the two were supposed to stay the night there together. Until, during dinner, Bethany started to just act weird. She was constantly checking her phone, she was getting anxious, she couldn't sit still, till she basically told them that, you know, Ronald was nonstop texting her, and she had to go. So he's that being, she had to go home to the apartment. He's being a dick, pretty much. Yeah, he's being a dick. So she stands up to leave, and her grandma is like, "Bethany, just stay here. You have plans to stay here. It'll be fine. Don't go home." Bethany says that she has to, and that she that her grandma she basically looks at her and goes, "You have no idea what's going to happen to me if I don't." Which is already telling you there's something bad going right. to happen. Yeah. Emil, at this point, stands up and follows her out the door. And then that would be the last time that anyone in her family would see her. So no one would notice anything was up until February 2nd. So that was the 28th of January. So on February 2nd was the day that Emil was supposed to deploy again. His leave was over. And... It was important that she didn't show up because the two of them had made, like, promises to each other that she would be there. Like, she was like, yes, I'll see you off at the airport. I promise I will. But she just never showed up, which made Emil immediately panic. So he called her job, and he finds out that she hadn't been at work that entire week. Yikes. And so, with that being said, she's a very dedicated, uh, she's very dedicated to school and work. That So to him, that was a red flag. So he calls Bethany's mom and grandma. For him, her not going to work all week was a, a huge red flag. Just to clear up, he knows and her whole family knows now that she's in her own apartment. So he calls her mom and grandma to explain the situation and how it didn't make sense to him because she promised to be there. And the fact that she hadn't been at work for a week, it was just weird. He then boarded his plane and headed back to Afghanistan, not knowing if anything was okay. And people give him a lot of shit for this, but they have to think about it. He is in the army. He is deployed. He had to. Yeah, if he wouldn't have showed back up in Afghanistan, shit. Like, people are like, well, how could you board a plane not knowing you have to? That was not his yeah, Those fault. are some obligations that you can't exactly no. be like, uh, no thanks. I don't want to go back there I anymore. can't find my wife. Yeah. They don't I ever... mean, you can plead your case to your CO, but I mean, ultimately, the decision is not yours to make. Exactly. No. And I'm I mean, sh- if it was like a last minute thing and he's already at the airport. They'd be like, get your ass on yeah. the damn plane. They're, like, about to leave, dude. Get on the plane. You can figure it out in Afghanistan. Her family is, like, okay, and calls and calls and calls, but aren't getting a hold of her, but they still don't report her missing. They said it wasn't, like, out of the blue for her not to answer her phone. 
It would take three weeks before she would be reported missing. Three weeks? Three whole weeks. And now this brings up a different argument completely. And that's why they didn't find it weird that she hadn't called to check on her kid. Like, how did three weeks go by and no one be like, oh, well, she hasn't even called to check on Kai? It depends on if she had vanished before, you know. Well, it... It's never spoke like it's never said like that. Like, oh well, she just like basically abandoned him here and there. It was more or less like she dropped him off there, and he would stay there for a couple weeks, and then she'd go visit or whatever. But she was still like actively a part of his life. They actually went through a lot of hell for that. But Bethany's best friend. This is how. The three weeks, how we come to report her missing. Bethany's friend was on Facebook Messenger when she noticed Bethany was online. She started a conversation, but noticed that the way she texted wasn't like in her normal manner, her normal responses, Mm -hmm. which we have actually had a conversation before about. Like, I would know the difference between who is texting based on how you you text. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 100%. We're going to test this out one day. Well, I can tell you one thing. Shauna gives primarily one-word responses to stuff. I would know it was Shauna. And you don't use any punctuation. No, I don't. I do that on purpose. Yeah. I use full punctuation and old English. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want everyone to know how I text. (laughs) That way no one can imitate me. Her friend did clarify, try her best to clarify whether or not it was Bethany, though. She didn't just go, oh, well, she wasn't texting me normal. That's not fucking Bethany. So what she did instead was ask her questions that she thought that she knew only her and Bethany would know. But every time she would ask, the the questions were deflected. Whoever was on the other end was just refusing to answer whatever questions were being asked. Well, yeah, because they didn't know. Exactly, which threw her off. So Bethany's best friend called her grandma, Bethany's grandma, and then this is when Bethany's grandma freaked out. So her and her grandpa hopped in the car and drove over to Bethany's apartment where they found her car parked crooked in a car, like in the parking spot. Like it had just been thrown in the parking spot and hopped out of. Right, very hastily. Yes, very quickly. So that is when they would report her missing because she's not in an apartment. Her car is at her apartment, parked very sketchy. So the police would take this case seriously immediately. And on top of that, they were kind of screwed. They had a three-week disadvantage. Well, yeah. And she's pregnant. Right. So they start with interviews of the family and friends, and they get told by family that the last person to have seen her was a meal because they had left her grandma's house together. So they basically can't like go call a meal and be like, hey, what's going on? So they email him and they're trying to get his story through email and they're doing the best they can. A meal in email said that the two went two different ways once they stepped out of her grandma's house. And that was the last time he had seen her was outside getting into the cars he had went to their house and she apparently you know obviously went to the apartment and around this time they actually make 
her or they ask they ask her whole family to take polygraph tests because of how long it had been since they had like how long she had been missing which they is didn't fair. report it they right. had all passed i understand why they asked to just to rule out suspicion or whatever Right, because it seems very uh, suspicious and negligent that they waited three weeks. Yeah, they waited three weeks. Yeah. And she's pregnant, which it makes it slightly seem worse. Yeah. This is when police find out that Bethany was living with Ron in this apartment. And this shocked everyone because they knew that she had her own apartment, but they had no idea that she was actually living with Ron. Well, I mean... She's pregnant by him. Yeah. What do you think is happening? And she's talking to him regularly. And she's telling you she has to leave or bad things are going to happen to her. I know, but they just weren't putting two and two together. And Emil seems so sweet that he kind of seemed oblivious to the fact that they were actually actively living together. So this meant that Ron was the last person to see Bethany. Of course he was. So police, they at this point are gathering their personal theories and one is that Emil got angry that Bethany wouldn't take him back. So he did it, which I mean, could happen, but I doubt it. Yeah, I don't really see that. Theory two is Ron did it because Bethany was considering going back to Emil, had taken a two-week trip with Emil, all of this other stuff with Emil. So, they have their two suspects. Which I tend to think it was him because obviously he's got some kind of anger issue if she's afraid to not go back right, right well, when he yeah, says to. Yeah, when he's blowing right. up her phone. And but, she's pregnant with his child and just went on a two-week trip with her husband. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Police go and they collect all the things that they can get from Ron that would possibly point to the fact that he was the one on her Facebook. Computers. You fucking name it. Phones. Whatever. They took it. And nothing really came about what was on those things, but clearly it wasn't enough evidence. So who really knows? So they started looking further into Ron and learned that he was extremely controlling. Like, if Bethany was out with friends, she would have to send him selfies, and she had to constantly be texting him. He would uh, follow her to her friends' houses, her family's houses, and he'd just sit outside and wait until she left. What a creep. So he he was very, very controlling, and to a point that her family said that she started to talk about him being emotionally and physically abusive. He'd apparently pushed her a couple times. Ron had actually told police that Bethany came home, this was his story, that night. And after uh, going to sleep, she woke up, she left for work, and he had just never seen her again. But didn't report her missing. But, yeah, that's what they asked. They're like, well, why didn't you report her missing? And he's like, I don't know. Because he literally, after she left the apartment that day and she didn't come back for a day or two, he literally packed all of his shit and moved back into his mom's house. Bull. Yeah. Mm. He fucking knows what's going on. Hell to the fuck no. Yeah, that is... That is a big red flag. He's separating himself. Yeah. Yeah. 
is what he's doing. If he cared I, about her even a little bit, the last thing he would have done is le- left that apartment. Yeah, just pack up and be like, oh, well, well, she's not coming Especially back. Especially if he's that big of a fucking stalker creep and was, like, following her everywhere she went. Right, and he manipulating would, her yeah, that much. Yeah, he would know where she was. And if he walked outside of the apartment and realized her car was still there, but she was nowhere to be yeah. found with her baby... All seems a little bit strange, sir. Yeah. It's a little Try bit again. weird, dude. Try again. Let's pick a new life. I feel like he was trying to make it look as if he wasn't actively living with yeah. her. Yeah. On purpose. At this point, Emil gets back to the States, and the police actually interview him in person, and they pretty much clear him. They like well, they have yeah. no doubt that he wasn't Had nothing involved. to do with it, yeah. And if you hear him talk in interviews, he sounds so damn sweet. And he, like, literally sounded super sincere about how he felt about the whole situation, which he talks about openly. This is when they decided to search a field that was around Bethany and Ron's apartment that they shared because there was, like, new development apartments, so they hadn't quite started building there yet. But they had planned to. That is when Ron stopped helping in any way possible with this investigation. He just shut him down and was like, nope, we're not talking about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Which means that they're getting close to something. Sure is the way it seems. Right. Did he get a lawyer? I have no idea. It never said. After yeah, that's few... the biggest tell. Yeah. I feel like. Well, I mean, I was just wondering because that's like the only way you're going to shut it down completely. They can still like keep coming and asking you yeah if you don't you can, have a lawyer but they basically he just wouldn't tell them anything the biggest sign is that he stopped helping them look for her that makes you look guilty as fuck exactly well it's not gonna get any better after a few months police are completely at a loss so they just ask every hospital around if they've seen her because she'd be delivering the baby. Right. Yeah. If they haven't seen her, to let them know if they do see her. But her due date came and went and no Bethany. So they ran into a dead end. They had nothing to go on until 2014 when Ron was arrested for the attempted murder of his girlfriend. What? Well, no shit. Look at that. Color me surprised. Oh my God. I'm so shocked. He beat her and shot her three times, once in the head. Holy shit. And she lived. Thank God. Losing one of her eyes. You know what? I suppose it could have been worse. She could have died. Mm Mm-hmm. Being shot three times. He only got, he got a minimum sentence of six years to a maximum of eight because of the wrong things the police did while searching his house. Oh, my God. So he got them on technicality. That's crap. Even though he he is in the process of being charged for Bethany's disappearance, he hasn't been. Because they have no hard evidence. They have no body. Exactly. But they're trying. They're trying to prosecute him on Bethany's disappearance, and I'm assuming that they're trying to use the attempted murder of his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend now, as a reason to, like, push that right. forward. Right, naturally assume that he had something to do with Bethany's right. disappearance. 
Yeah, but that's not really going to get them very far. No, and I feel like I feel like that's why they haven't like gone to court or anything is because they're still holding out hope that they might find her or a body for her to full-blown prosecute because if they try now and fail, they're screwed. Yeah, and double jeopardy and whatnot. Yeah. She went missing on January 29th, 2011. Bethany was five months pregnant at the time she went missing. She's 4'11", brown hair, brown eyes, 134 pounds. That's pregnant, so I would give it, if she was, if she is still alive and doesn't, isn't carrying a baby anymore, maybe 110 pounds. Yeah, she was a tiny little girl. Yeah. If you have any, any information, please call... It's a Mac Holly Haley. Mac Haley? Yeah. Um, I couldn't find any other number to call, which is any other numbers, these two. 703-777-0475. Or you can make an anonymous tip with the Loudoun County Crime Solvers, which is 703-777-1919. And I'm sure you could probably call, I'm sure there's some... The FBI. Well, I was going to say, you know, FBI or the police department from that area or Crime Stoppers, I'm sure has a Virginia... Yeah, or just uh, Virginia, any Virginia police department would probably put you in the right freaking direction. Right. All right. I'm sorry, those are the only numbers I could find. Well, if you enjoyed today's episode, let us know. Leave us five stars. Leave a review. Share it with your friends, your family, coworkers, whoever. And don't forget to get subscribed to the Patreon so you don't miss out on any of the bonus episodes. Does anyone have any final thoughts? No. Personally, I think they got their eyes on the right guy. Yeah, they, they oh, know. I think they have the right guy. It's just where did he put her? Yeah. Did exactly. he put her in that new development? And if so, then they're screwed. Yeah, because she's already she's probably already there. been built over. Yeah, and they're not going to tear down millions of dollars worth of buildings to find her. No. It just sucks, and I wanted to bring it back to light because, like I said, I've only found this case in a couple places. Yeah, that's one that needs more attention. Yeah, that's sad because it was not just her, but also... An unborn child, and it affects her act like her baby, like her, her son beforehand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll see y'all next week. Bye. 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 Bye.